This is Joe Basso with Music Radar, and I'm speaking with the guitar player who goes by the name of Orianti. How you doing there? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. So, I have to imagine that this has been an incredibly bizarre, hard, extraordinary time for you, and probably unlike anything you ever expected with yeah. Michael Jackson's death. How are you holding up? Yeah, uh, it still hasn't, you know, sunk in that he's, you know, actually passed. We're all still in shock. You know, we've been working for three months now with him, and, you know, since I auditioned to be part of the band, you know, about three months ago, um, it just seemed like a crazy dream from then, yeah. you know, till now. And, you know, we were rehearsing at the Staples Center, and that's where the memorial was held. So getting back together again with the band to play, you know, at his funeral, not to be playing the show, just seemed, you know, we're looking around at each other, like, are we really doing this? We were just really sad because they're all big fans. So it was a lot of... You know, everyone was really sad, and, and but at the same time, you know, trying to celebrate, you know, his, his legacy, you know, all the music, the wonderful songs he's left behind, so. As, obviously, the whole world knows from the footage, you were on stage with him rehearsing literally 48 hours before his death. Did you have any inkling at all that he was in ill health? How did he seem to you? Not at all. Like, what you guys see on the footage is how, is what he was like, you know, with us, and that's what's so like shocking for all of us because you know we saw him dancing and singing and you know interacting and and uh, joking and just having a great time so excited and you know he wasn't sitting in the corner you know on a chair coughing yeah. and you know looking sickly he was he looked in great health so for all of us it's just it's really shocking to have been with him the night before he passed so now how did Pretty he cool. actually come to hire you from what i understand and correct me if i'm wrong he or one of his people saw you performing at the Grammys with Carrie Underwood? Yeah, they saw me at the Grammys, but they uh, also, I don't think I remember my name or I didn't catch my name, and so they were looking for a, you know, blonde guitar player and, and the musical director, um, actually, mm-hmm. and he reached out to me through MySpace, so okay. I got an email through there and I didn't think it was for real, <laughs> um, and, you know, he had some pretty crazy emails sometimes on, on MySpace, and so my manager reached out to him and you know it was true he wanted me to come in learn some songs do diana beat it and want to be starting something so i learned those tracks came in auditioned for the musical director then michael jackson came in at night and you know i, I played beat it for him and he came and sat down on the couch i was so nervous because i'm a big fan and um <laughs> yeah they cranked up my solo through the pa and and i was praying to god i didn't hit any bum notes you know and afterwards he was really happy he started clapping and and he got up and, and grabbed my arm and started walking up and down the front of the stage area and said, can you play what you just played uh, whilst walking at this pace with me? And I was like, yeah. And he said, oh, that's great, that's great. So that was pretty surreal, the whole night. And then he hired us that night. Pretty amazing. Now, the solo you played for him, and I guess the solo that you were rehearsing for Beat It, were, yeah. you, were you playing pretty much the note-for-note note version that we know, uh, the recorded one that Eddie Van Halen did, or... Did you kind of do yeah, your, your... Well, yeah, I learnt it. Um, I learnt the solo, and I sort of just added my own personality to it, you know, And but I think I got pretty much all the notes. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a hard solo. Um, yeah. And it's pretty daunting, you know, going in there, knowing how many great guitar players have played with, with um, Michael before. So for me, it was just, you know, to, to learn it, but to go in there and just do my own thing as well, you know, and not think about, you know, the other amazing players that, because you know, I look up to all of them. I honestly, when I uh, when I was asked to audition, I didn't think I was going to you know get in because 
you know, I just wasn't too sure. So I thought, anyway, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to play, and at least I'll get to meet him and play for him, so I can say <laughs> that. So. To the best of your knowledge, were there any other guitar players in line for the gig, or did you pretty much walk in and get it? There was no one else in line, but, uh, you know, I, I guess if I got in there and, and really sucked, then <laughs> goodbye, you know. So, yeah, it was kind of like, you know, learn the stuff, come in and, you know, see how you go and... Yeah, you just you got to go in there and sort of prove that you really want it, you know, and that was the whole thing. I was super nervous the whole time. And, <laughs> um, you know, just to make him proud, you know, make him happy and want me to be part of the, the family, you know. During rehearsals, did he have anything to say about what he liked as far as the guitar goes? How did you guys work? Uh, well, we got a bunch of songs uh, that we had to learn, and, and we would go in, you know, in the afternoon around 1, and we would have, like, maybe 3 two to three to four songs to learn and we'd finish up like one till about nine or ten um, mm -hmm. every day so when we got home we'd learn the songs for the next day come in and, and play them um, and you know Michael Jackson he's a perfectionist so when he you know because we worked as a band before he, you know, he would come and listen to us but we would work together and the dancers would be working with the choreographer so, right. um, and then we'd come together you know, and, and, and do everything. But, yeah, we are just making sure that we got all the parts right, as close as we could to the record. But he himself, did he have anything that he said to you, I like this, can you do it like this, that Oh, kind of yeah, thing? totally. He he would direct us. Just with, like, he wanted everyone to have, like, sort of moments in the show. So he would bring me out and give me more guitar solos and, yeah. and stuff. So, like, hit your highest note here and, and uh, you know, this is your moment. And, and he was just so... You know, just so giving and encouraging, which was awesome. And just he said, just don't have any fear, don't be nervous. Just you know, you got to project your energy out to the crowd, and just put on a great show. So we just, you know, we just always be watching him, you know, because he was directing us. And when he would be out there, especially during Beat It, Dirty Diana, and Black or White, I would be coming out with him and sort of prancing around. So yeah, that was those moments were just super cool, really surreal. So. I imagine this must be a pretty weird feeling to know that next week you would have started your 50-date run of dates mm. in England. I know, and it's just so sad that he's not here to, to do it because we wanted to see all the you know fans' faces in the front, you know, just thinking, oh my gosh, and MJ's back. And he was so ready to do it, you know, so excited, and it was an amazing show. Well, let's switch gears here radically yeah. and talk about you and your own music. You grew up in Australia. Mm -hmm. Born and, yeah. and raised in Australia. And you, Australia. you started playing piano at three, is that correct? Yeah, I started playing piano, yeah, I think around like three or four, and started guitar at six. Yes. Um, and yeah, there was just guitars around the house. My dad's a guitar player. And, I was going to um, ask, was it a musical family? Was it encouraged? Yeah, totally. I mean, my dad is a guitar player in a, in a Greek band, so he oh. Guitars all around the house, and he would listen to Jimi Hendrix and you know Eric Clapton, Santana, and Stevie Ray. He had an amazing record collection, so I'd be listening to you know those great artists and watching him play. You know, I just I just wanted to when I was around, I guess around six, I just wanted to pick one up one day, and I've just been obsessed by it, I guess since then. I mean, you might not have known it at the time, but you were pretty musically precocious listening to these artists. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, putting on a, a Santana record or a Jimi Hendrix record and watching them play, it was just like, wow, I would be able to do, you know, be able to play a blues solo like that or, you know, <laughs> so I'd be listening to their records and, you know, trying to trying to learn their solos all the time instead of doing homework, you know, I'd be coming home and wanting to do that. 
Now, the name Carlos Santana looms very large in your story. Yeah. When did you first, to your knowledge, see him, hear him? And if you can put it into words, what was it about his playing, his sound, that affected you so much? I saw him play when I was 11 in concert in Adelaide. I think it was a Dance the Rainbow Serpent concert. And okay. It just blew me away. You know, uh, I had the, the video Sacred Fire before that. And, right. And uh, just, you know, just the way that he played, I just, I was studying classical at the time, and I was like, I don't want to play classical anymore, I want to play electric guitar. So, you know, just the way that he played, he had so much soul in his playing and, and his tone and everything was just amazing. It really affected me. I was like, I want to be able to, I want to be able to, you know, play guitar like that. And, you know, so I begged my parents to get me a PRS second-hand one and exactly yeah. I wanted to have one just like him <laughs> so I went out and bought all of his CDs and dad already had a lot of his records yeah. so but yeah after that point I was just like I want to be able to play guitar like that so it was just totally yeah I just loved his music and then when I was around I think 18 um, he came back to Australia and I had the chance to to meet him at that point you had recorded your own CD yes and you yeah. you got it to Carlos yeah, when I was when I was fourteen, I actually recorded a, a demo at home called mm-hmm. Under the Influence, and we yeah we just sent, I sent it out to Santana Management and heard back from his brother, Jorge uh, mm-hmm. Santana, yes. and he wrote back and and said that they really liked it, and I was just blown away that he would you know listen to it and let alone take the time to write an email, and it just blew me away. And, and then and he sort of took you under his wing and asked you up on stage, that kind of thing. Well, when I was 18, he came to Adelaide, and yeah, I got the chance to meet him, and, and then he invited me to get up on the stage and, and jam with him in the band, and then said, we'd like to join me on stage tonight for the show, and there was like 15,000 people, home crowd, so <laughs> I was so nervous. We just jammed out. I think I was on stage for quite a few songs that night. Oh, yeah. So was just, he plays, yeah, a, he plays was, a long set. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was just so surreal, because it was the same lineup as the um, Sacred Fire what kind of advice did he give you both as a guitarist and otherwise I mean he's a very spiritual guy you know he just you know he plays from his heart you know and and uh you know you can just you can just hear it it's just put so much soul into his playing and with all of his notes it's just you know just really beautiful the way that he plays so you know I guess I just learned from him that it's not about I love to play like you know fast stuff, but sometimes you, know, you can just hit one note and and really affect people with just one note, you know. And it's like it's like BB King as well. He just hits one note and oh yeah, um, you know it's just and then it just it just stands out. And playing you know a gazillion notes compared to just one with so much you know feeling to it. Then I guess I just learned that from him that you don't have to play a a ton of notes you know all the time. He's just yeah, he's such a spiritual person as well. So as a you know wonderful uh, aura about him and, it, and it's great to hang out and chat with him. Now after you discovered Carlos did you start kind of this period of woodshedding were you were you like Joe Satriani and Steve I were mm. you know playing for like 13 14 hours a day that kind of thing? I would play a lot yeah I actually quit school when I was 15 mm-hmm. just to play guitar and write songs and play in a cover band I used to play out in in pubs in Australia wow. so yeah, that's the way I kind of earned pocket money, playing on the weekends with a <laughs> cover band, a Drop D, actually, um, mm-hmm. the name of it, and um, had some other bands as well I'd play in. And, you know, it was it was great, though, because um, I started singing as well, because before, before that I was just playing instrumental guitar music, so 
you know, playing in a cover band, you get to you get to sing and play, and and the crowds are always very interesting every night. Um, <laughs> but it's great to do that. You know, you learn a lot. How were you viewed by your schoolmates and your girlfriends? Did they think that your obsession with the guitar was strange, or was it kind of like, did they think that you were like super cool, like wow, I want I want to be like her? Yeah, it was kind of mixed. You know, my best friends thought it was super cool. I got bullied a lot at school, actually, from um, you know a lot of people. So. I guess the reason for me to leave at 15 was because of that, as mm-hmm. well as I just love music, so it wasn't really, you know, school really wasn't for me. I just think that, you know, I, playing guitar and just music, I, I got it, you know, and I think when you when you sort of get things in life, that's what you should sort of do. Yeah. And I didn't get math, I didn't get any of that kind of <laughs> stuff, so I figured I should just go down that path, you know, I've still got a lot to learn, but if you should get something in life, that's maybe your, your path to go down, so, you know, it was just, it was kind of weird, I mean, some guys thought it was really cool and others, you know, when you're sort of lining up for the same sort of auditions and stuff and going, you know, going for the part of, you know, the, the funk guitar player and the funk mm-hmm. band, you know, and there's a ton of guys, you know, waiting in line too. It's, you know, you, you get you get sort of picked on and kind of like, I got, I got freak a lot. <laughs> so it was kind of like, you know, that wasn't really cool and it's kind of unnerving, you know. So, you know, my whole thing is that if I can inspire more, girls and, and guys to pick up the guitar and you know I love playing it and it's just a great sort of outlet for me and to be able to ride and everything it's just you know it's like a form of meditation in a way when I'm just sitting there strumming my acoustic guitar or just playing you know and if I can inspire more girls to play the guitar and and to stick at it you know that would be awesome. Now did you have a specific guitar teacher Steve I had Joe Satriani did you have yeah. one person that you studied with? I had quite a few guitar teachers, but uh, one that stands out was Raphael Azaria. Mm-hmm. And I was around, I think, like 10 or 11 uh, when I picked up the electric guitar. I went to him, and, you know, he was just such a great teacher, just so enthusiastic and encouraging and just and just awesome, you know, everything that a teacher should be. You know, he just, um, it was really fun to go to, to lessons with him, and, and he was a real rocker, you know, a real shredder. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was very cool. Speaking of Steve I, you hooked up with him as well. What kind of advice did Steve have for you? Did he did he put you through your guitar paces with some of his master classes? <laughs> well, actually, my first uh, support was opening for Steve when I was 14. Mm-hmm. Opening for him at Heaven Nightclub in Adelaide. And um, <laughs> I I had, it was kind of funny because I'd read a lot of guitar player magazines. And yeah, yeah. I read a lot of his interviews and, and he had this, I think it was Alien Love Secrets, so he had this like, sure. silver paint on his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, really kind of, yeah, it looked really cool, but uh, I'd read his interviews, interviews and stuff, and um, like this crazy guitar player, but I hadn't, hadn't actually really heard his playing, thank God, because if I had, then I wouldn't have opened up him. There's no way. I was nervous enough, as is, you know, being my first support. <laughs> when he got up on stage, I, I opened for him, but I had to be out by 12. So um, I think I started like, I think it was like 11.30 or something, and he was on at around 12. So right. I caught about five minutes of his show, but he came out and he started like just shredding, like anything, and he had these lasers on his hand, I think, and like a, it was insane. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, got a guitar playing right there, and I was like, thank God I had not heard him properly beforehand. You know, I actually hadn't heard any of this, I don't think, you know, before getting up there. So I was like, wow, wow, this is, this is insane. And, and, uh, you know, he's been so encouraging, such a huge support, and and uh, we actually uh, wrote a song together for my new record, 
and it's called Harley Strung. Should be coming out very soon, and that was an awesome experience. So, what is it like to play guitar in a studio situation with Steve Vai? I mean, is it <laughs> is it is it fun? Is it intimidating? Oh, uh, it, you know, he's such a he's such a great guy that I didn't feel like. I mean, he's playing. I mean, he's such a monster of a player. You yeah. Know, and I, I just want to go in there and, and learn as much as I could. You know, but you know, he's not intimidating because he's so nice and yes. encouraging. So, I mean. He is such a great player that I learned, you know, so much from going on tour with him, to writing a song with him and just seeing how he writes. And, and it was kind of like a, you know, a talking talking and answering back thing. He had this idea where I would play something and he would sort of answer it back and then we would play together in the in the key parts, the beginning and the middle. And, you know, it was a lot of fun working with him. You mentioned your singing before and I want to bring that up. You're quite a good vocalist. Um, oh, thank you. Who are your influences as a singer? I mean, obviously, you're very bluesy. You know, I grew up with... I love country music a lot. I grew up listening to Faith Hill and, uh, well, Bonnie Raitt as well, mm-hmm. I love. Which is his blues, you know, and Michelle Branch as well I listened to because we would play, when we were playing in a cover band, I would learn right. songs, you know, with Leanne Rhymes, Faith Hill. Um, you know, I listened to a lot of, you know, guy singers as well, which, you know, at Lifehouse and, and uh, you know... Uh, lately, Daughtry's awesome, and okay. um, Train, I love. So, and Savage Garden. So let's talk about the record that you're, I guess, in the process of making. Are you finishing, maybe? Yeah, it's actually com- nearly completed. We've got, I think, one more song to do. Okay. One more songs to do. So I, I made it with uh, Howard Benson. That's right. Uh, the producer, and it was uh, awesome working with him and, and his, his, um, his crew. And Mike Polotnikoff was the engineer of the guitars and it was just great going in there and learning about, you know, Larry and guitar parts and, and Phil X played additional guitars as well as Brian Tisuano came in and, and played additional guitars as well and just, you know, with the rhythm parts we sort of just, I'd put something down or sorry, they'll put something down and I'll sort of you know play something else that would complement it and you know, just to make it pop more and I, I definitely learned a lot about that you know, just putting different things under the chorus, you know, to make it drive more and whatnot, so... Yeah, it was great. I had a great time. So as a complete album, what can we expect? Did you write everything? Did you work with co-writers? Yeah. Are there any guest stars on it? Well, there's uh, there's Steve Vai that's on it, on Harley <laughs> Strong, and I co-wrote uh, the whole record, and I also wrote some songs myself on there. Okay. Um, all by myself. Yeah, and I'm really I'm really happy with it. It's um, it's rocking. It's a lot of guitars, a lot of guitars in it. Um, Howard loves guitars, which is great, and so... Um, it's a real sort of commercial guitar-driven record with now, elements of sort of country, you know, rock and blues in it. Now, how much is vocal versus instrumental? There is one instrumental on the record. Oh, so it's a yeah. it's a total pop rock vocal yeah, pop, record. Yeah, pop rock record. Yeah, oh. yeah. I really wanted to, you know, make a commercial, not a guitar head record, but it's sort of because I love, you know, obviously guitar playing and everything and just having big guitars in the chorus and so... But I also really like pop songs, too. So we try to do, you know, what's best for the song and not... I mean, there's, there's guitar solos in every song. You know, just uh, a lot of guitar parts. I'm really, I'm really happy with it. Now, you're signed to 19 recordings yep. who usually market pop artists. Yes. Do you feel like a bit of a square peg in this family? Oh, uh, not at all. My manager manages uh, Daughtry, and, you know, I, I, I love his record. He's mm-hmm. an awesome singer and just... You know, it's rocking and just great songs and everything. So 
I'm so happy to be, um, you know, part of the part of the family. If I'm nineteen family, it's awesome. Let me ask you about your practice routine these days. What kind of practice routine do you follow? Some days I sort of get into this scale thing where I just go through scales, and other days it's just I just pick up and just start playing, playing whatever. And in the past three months, I've been learning Michael Jackson songs, so we've been <laughs> uh, that's been pretty intense. But I have some pretty have calluses on my fingers right now which, yeah. is, which is great you know but yeah I mean it just depends really on the day whatever I sort of feel like doing but you know it's important for me to before I you know start playing a show or whatever to, to warm up for about you know even just half an hour 20 minutes just sort of doing whatever on the guitar and um, I sort of just make up these different warm up things you know because I hate it when I, my hands are cold you yeah. know when you start playing it just you know it doesn't sort of you know so I have to warm up for a bit but nothing really specific <laughs> Obviously, you're a big Paul Reed Smith player. You play yeah, a yeah. Paul Reed Smith Custom 22. Custom 22 and 24. Okay. Use, so, Are there any yeah. any chance of you having your own signature model anytime soon? Uh well, you know that would be that would be awesome in the future. Um, I love using the the 24s and 22s. They're just you know they're they're perfect. They just feel great and they're just you know so versatile. And I actually got a a Paul Reed Smith made with a, a Floyd Rose on it which was pretty cool oh okay and that was a 24 and it just it's really awesome do you feel that you are in a position to make any kind of statement as a female guitarist it's funny because after all these years it's still seen as such a male dominated pursuit oh yeah I know I know you know I guess that I just I just love playing the guitar and you know when I get out there and you know especially like opening opening up for when I open up for Steve Vai um, mm-hmm. out here in the US is that you know the crowd is mostly male you know so I just go out there and, and hopefully they see that you know I love it as much as they do and I, I play as much as I can and you know you just try to uh, you know I hopefully hopefully I get some uh, I guess not respect but just sort of like a you know that's cool like it's not like I just play an A chord you know and that's it right you know I spend a lot of time practicing and, and you know I just love it it's not really a real statement but you know, hopefully, hopefully I can just inspire more girls to, to take it, you know, seriously and just, you know, just have no fear and just, just play, you know. And if you love it as much as the guys love it, then, then you know, that's it. There's no, there shouldn't be any sort of judgment in that way, you know. You know, it's like, for me, it's like just getting out there and not feeling judged, just, just playing. Fantastic. Well, Orianti, thank you very much for spending all this time with me. It's been great. It's been great chatting with you. Absolutely. This is Joe Basso with Music Radar. I've been speaking with Orianti. Again, thank you very much. It's been terrific. Thank you. See you later.